I'm Gina Livy, and welcome to my podcast. That's not just about weight loss. It's about losing your weight in a way where you never have to look back. I'm going to talk in finally and forever. The podcast itself is a collection of Facebook Lives for my 91-day weight loss program that if you're following along, it's going to give you great insight and information on maximizing your efforts. We also include amazing guest interviews where we're not afraid to have real conversations and break it down. And of course, I'll be weighing in on a variety of topics. I mean, anything and everything weight loss related. The podcast itself is hosted on Acast, but it's available on all platforms like the one you're listening to right now, Spotify, Apple, and also Amazon Music. time to have my favorite conversation of the week weigh in wednesday where we discuss all things maintenance because it's one thing to lose your weight it's a whole other to be able to sustain and maintain your weight uh joining me as always odette the manager of our maintenance group kim the manager of our weight loss program and joanne is our special guest today joanne brown maintaining at 56 pounds gone your first group was spring 2022 you're now testing the waters close to finally and forever You feel good in your skin and able to make good decisions. You also know you have the knowledge of the program at your fingertips when you need it. Well, I love hearing that. Hello. Welcome. Thanks, Gina. How are you? I'm good. Excited about this conversation. Should we just dive right in? Odette, what are we, uh, what's on, uh, what's on tap today? Yeah, I think we should dive in because I think we have three great topics and I'd love to have time to talk about them all, but we'll just go just in case we don't. So the first thing (laughs) I want to talk about is um changing seasons so i'm not talking seasonal change i'm not talking going from you know summer to fall hot to cold and Mm. you know changing up our foods that our body needs i'm talking these transitions in time so it something's been in the air lately something's been going on the last couple weeks we've talked about it as a team we've talked about it we've been feeling it in the group that you know it's november 1st today and i think with that it brings up a lot of reflection. Like we had September, which is a great month. It brings sometimes this renewed sense of, you know, starting this new quarter of the year. Then we have October. October is still pretty. The leaves are changing. Could be celebratory with Thanksgiving and Halloween. And now it's November 1st. And what is that? You know, we have the looming time change coming. The end of the year is coming. We're thinking about this, you know, potential busy holiday season coming and how does that you know and how does that weigh on us what is that bringing up is this what's in the air this week you know is this what we're feeling so i, really I mean it could be during seasons yeah i think it could be actually that the days are getting shorter and it's darker yeah. and people are noticing like physically a drop in their vitamin d levels and which you know a seasonal affective disorder i mean normally people talk about that hitting around january but it could be i personally for me, it's like, um, the summer is over. I'm super jazzed to get rolling in September. And then it's just like, I haven't done all the things that I wanted to do. And then I feel like the new year's coming. And then I feel like I don't have enough time because the holidays. That's me personally. I don't know. What about you, Joanne? Um, well, I mean, I love Christmas season. We celebrate Christmas. We have, uh, four grandkids. So it's oh, a special nice. time of year, but I know uh, what I do feel is that it shortens up 
the hours in the day to eat, if that makes any sense, because <laughs> you want to get that supper meal in before it's dark. And, you know, uh, getting into this season, we're going to be looking at four o'clock and it's going to be dark. So it changes that. Um, but I don't, don't really mind so much the leading up to Christmas and getting ready and seeing the grandkids get excited. What I detest is January when it's 93 days long and, uh, you know, you're getting over everything else. And once you get over January, then that seems to be okay, you know, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind the season going in. I still will, will go out and walk in it and everything. January to me is that's the season changer for me. Yeah. And when you see people like on social media posting snow and stuff on the ground and I ski, it's not that I detest winter, but it is just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Kim, you, 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 you're over in BC. You don't really get the wintry, wintry that, I mean, we are where I am. No, it's definitely weather wise. We have very much a shorter winter. We do though. This is where we typically head into our super dreary rainy season. So I think we kind of have our own version of it here where it's just dark and rainy. So you get the shorter days, you get the time change. But in addition to that, the thick cloud cover that we get, there's no like when when it's snowing, we get excited when it snows because at least there's potential for sun and that sun will bounce off the snow and give you a little bit of daylight. But I mean, we can find that silver lining because we don't experience it for months on end. We just get it for usually a few days and then it's gone. So that's definitely, but we definitely have our own seasonal. So it actually, Joanne, when you said January, like by the time we hit January, we may have had some snow here and there, but we've typically experienced two full months of kind of dreary, cloudy weather. And obviously there's beautiful days in between, but it's a long time to kind of keep yourself motivated to kind of get out of bed and do all the things every day. Well, I grew yeah. up in Northwestern Ontario and um, I loved winter because I was, a well, I still am a huge curling fan, but I used to curl myself and, you know, do the skidooing with the kids and stuff like that. And now being retired, um, I, I must say, I do enjoy the days when I could just curl up in front of the fireplace and not even look at the snow outside. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear that. Oh, dad, I wonder if it's, bigger than like I I wonder if it's bigger than that I wonder if it's like maybe like post-pandemic like you know also there's a lot of COVID still going around and people are now getting back in the cold I wonder if there's like this I don't know I sort of feel this like okay I was ready for the pandemic to be done and now that it's done it's just kind of like okay like kind of anticlimactic in a sense where I thought, yes. oh, I'm going to get back to life and it's going to be this. I'm going to feel amazing. Like I said to Tony, as you can tell, if you're watching this right now, I'm fucking tired. Um, and I said to Tony, I'm, I'm waiting for when I have tons of energy and I feel amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what is that going to happen? that going to be? <laughs> it doesn't help when you're over 60 or over 65. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it is this I think it is like you make sense with that point about you know the pandemic's over and we were going to do all these amazing things but then we're just going back to life we're just going yeah. back like your, your chores are still there your you know the things you need to do every day are still there but so I yeah, think there was yeah I think there was a big shift to uh that people were forced indoors people are now working from home and i i think that that is kind of lasting and there there aren't the you know socializing events and everything going on that we were used to and and uh you know even going to the malls 
they're not as busy as they used to be. So I think I, I'm, I'm missing the people contact still, I think. Mm. I think there's a shift to something that we need to think about is when we, during the pandemic, when we were all stuck at home and couldn't go anywhere, we were stuck at home and couldn't go anywhere. So all of those ideas we were looking at from a perspective of we're not doing anything right now. This is what I want to do. But now that all the other stuff has been thrown back in, like the kids' school schedules, their extracurricular activities, work and other obligations, we're trying to pile those great ideas and those fun things that we thought of on top of what we forgot was an already loaded schedule. And so, and I think that's something that comes up this time of year too, because I've already started having those holiday parties and events start to pile into my calendar. And those are going in on top of like, I've got a kid that plays hockey and that's a crazy schedule and a kid that dances and all of that stuff. But it's like, nobody's like, hockey's not giving me a day off so I can make time for this. You know, I, it, we have to make it work. Mm -hmm. Those fun things work around an already packed life. Yeah. I'm thinking about our members in maintenance right now and how it's so much more, we talk about situational change, like reason why people can gain their weight back and situational change. And you think big changes like mm -hmm. getting a new job, moving, that type of thing, stress, you know, like big things. And, you know, it's little shifts, I think that you're picking up on, whether it's just a, a season, like the actual seasons changing from fall to winter to spring, whatever, or a season in your life that's particularly mm -hmm. difficult because you're dealing with something or, you know, uh, on a, on a grander scale, being in tune to yourself means picking up on that. Something's off here. I'm yeah. just feeling, I don't know what it is. And beyond that, what can I do? Maybe I do need to curl up with a book for a day. Maybe I do need to spend more time managing my mental health. Maybe I need to move my body more. Maybe I need to check in with my supplements and jack up my vitamin D. Like, I think it's like, it's kind of like this new superpower that our members have having lost the way mm -hmm. in such a um, a mindful way that they are in tune with everything across the board now situations. Do you find that Joanne, that you're, you're more in tune or more self-aware after having lost the weight in the way that you have with the living method? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know that sometimes just, you know, putting my running shoes on and my earphones in and going for a walk and, uh, you know, losing myself, you know, mind numbing kind of thing, just walking and, that really, to me, that really helps. I come home, I usually feel quite refreshed. Um, mm -hmm. I did things like uh, like crocheting and, and things like that. So to keep myself busy, but uh, doing a lot more reading. Um, but I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not obsessed with food like I was before. And I and I'm not obsessed even with the program when it was okay what am i going to have for lunch what can i have for supper what are my mm -hmm. snacks going to be it just seems to come more naturally and uh you just kind of do it like robotic almost and and mm -hmm. uh, you know i am appreciating that being this far into maintenance mm -hmm. nice and I, I like what we said about joanne off the top how she feels like she has the tools of the program at her fingertips and then what kim said you know, like some days you don't want to get to bed. You're like, oh, where do I find this motivation? And then it's like, okay, you know, I need to honor that I'm feeling this way. You know, I have the yeah. self-awareness that I'm feeling this way, but I have these little tools now. Like maybe mm -hmm. I can't do everything today, but what can I do? You know, we say over and over again, when you wake up in the morning, decide what you can do today. You know, maybe it's just mm -hmm. one or two things. And maybe that will be the snowball effect of what's going to be able to catapult you to, to get through the day so that, 
you know, all those tasks or all those feelings of, of, you know, what you didn't accomplish, what you still have to accomplish, maybe that'll just make it a little bit easier to navigate and, and, you know, work around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meet yourself where you're at, meet yourself where you're at and then assess what it is. And do you just need to chill out or do you need to do something proactive to help, you know, get you out of the funk or the feeling or whatever you're dealing with? You know, I think that's where we have the tools to do that. What's going on? Why am I feeling like this? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What is it? All right. Uh, what's our next topic? Odette. So I wanted to, well, coming off the heels of, um, Dr. Beverly this week, I mean, she was amazing. So, um, I think I rewound and listened to that three or four times. So we were talking about, she was talking about body image and of course, you know, how it takes your brain a little bit longer to catch up. And, and then, you know, we talk about when you could have, you may have lost all this weight and for lack of a better word, you can still have a fat day. You know, you can still have days where you don't feel, um, feel your best. So then I was thinking like, does this weigh on your belief system? Like when, when we have this, this fat day feeling just like weighing on your belief system. Like, yeah, you know, I have done this amazing thing. I can do this amazing thing. Or do you let that fat day feeling really bring you down? You know, and how does that, how does that body image affect you when you're looking in the mirror and you're like, Oh, I see, I can see what's there, but I don't believe that I actually did it. Or maybe I don't want to believe it because I'm fearful that I'm not going to be able to keep it. So Joanne kept her weight off for so long, like for a long time, like how long does it take for that to catch up? You know, how, how do those fat days affect you? Um, well, I think looking in the mirror, if I had actually seen what I should have seen before I started the program, I would have started the program a lot sooner because you never really, I never really saw myself as being, you know, bigger, um, until I looked at a picture one day and went, fuck <laughs> that can't be me <laughs> mm-hmm. but um i i mean i i read some of the things that uh that were online and, and it was true like I, when i went dress shopping for my niece's wedding i started in the 12s and then i went well that's not gonna work and i went to the 10s and so i had a hard time kind of you know working my way down the dress size because i wasn't i haven't been a size six since i was 21 years old yeah um so and then it's do i is this where i'm going to be comfortable like you know um right now i'm i'm at uh around the 135 pound mark and i remember when i was in my 30s and was around 135 pounds of the oh my god i had to get out walking and everything how did i let myself get out of control like this <laughs> so what's comfortable for you and and um other weight loss programs not not mentioning any um where they tell you, you know, that you have to be one in particular said that my ideal weight should be 121 pounds. Like, I know that that's not for me. Oh, oh, oh no. we lost Joanne there. Maybe right when she, what? Yeah. she's really uh, such a good point. I think I could feel why it. Don't I, um, there's a comment here. Why don't I read this? Um, Totally resonate with Dr. Beverly's talk this week. I just had this huge realization today while I was driving in my car, listening to the live with Gina this morning. I'm now sitting about five pounds above my lowest low. And let's be clear here. I was 
at a low low for literally minutes. In my head, I'm trying to get back to that lowest low. And then I just realized, and then what? What is that going to do for me getting back to my lowest low? I'll see it for a day and then I won't see it. Yeah. Well, so the biggest thing we need to understand is you're not trying to see your lowest low, are you? Like that's, I think, when you look at all the things you did while trying to lose weight to see mm-hmm. your lowest low, you you don't want to live mm-hmm. a life where you're trying to see your lowest low every day. You are, you know, it's one thing to reach a goal weight, spend some time in maintenance and realize, you know what, like I could maybe lose some more weight here. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with going back and losing more, but I think we get so stuck on that scale, but I want to talk about body image because I've yeah. been getting my period for almost 40 years now. And it comes along every month. And, you know, I remember one time I got it and I was feeling crappy and bloated. And Tony's like, I was like, oh my God, I've got my period. That makes sense. He's like, don't you just get this every, like, how often have you been getting it? How long you've been getting, don't you recognize this? Every time I get it, I get Mm -hmm. grouchy and my weight goes way up. I can't recognize my body. And I'm thinking, what is going on? What's happening? I feel like, I feel like I'm just going to feel like this forever. And then my period comes, it goes, and I'm back to me again. And that's been happening to me for, I don't know how many years and it still messes with my head and with my body image. So, so if you can imagine dieting is just like, it has to affect your belief system somewhat, you know, I I just think like, yeah. And I I think stepping on that scale, like after years and years and years, your belief system is telling you if you're up two or three pounds, then you've done something wrong. That's in yeah. your belief system. It could be, uh, you know, you could have been losing weight for a year. Like, uh, let, let's be transparent. That's how long I only felt like I had to lose weight. I wasn't, haven't been a lifelong dieter. But still, when you step on the scale and you're two or three pounds up, you're like, eek, you know, is that, you know, am I failing here? Is it, yeah. am I doing something wrong? What's happening? Yeah. And we have that expectation just what you said just totally hit me even for the weight loss group we have that expectation like we've given you the information you know why the scale is bouncing we need to be patient with everyone when they don't because it's probably exactly the same for them what you were just saying your experience is with tony telling you like come on you know this (laughs) like why yeah why aren't you you know why aren't you uh recognizing that's happening and i think that's something to be mindful of and it's also something to take into the maintenance group too that that stale scale is still going to bounce and it's going to take a long time for you to maybe get through those feelings and reconcile while it's bouncing because you think you've done the work and I think it kind of brings you back. It takes you aback. Like, why am I feeling this? Okay, right. This is why. Yeah. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Because we're using the scale as a measure of success. Like if you think about it, it should just be how you feel. 
Like if you feel uncomfortable in your skin, like physically, I don't just mean mentally looking at yourself in the mirror or in the photo. I mean, how do you feel today? Do you feel great? And then you get on the scale and it's up two pounds and all of a sudden you feel shitty. Stop getting off the fucking scale. Mm-hmm. You know, this is in maintenance mm-hmm. is where you can get off that scale. Like really there's gotta be a point where you're, you're, you're just going by how you feel every day. And, and when I eat chips and I eat candy, I feel like garbage. I feel bloated. I feel gross. I don't need a scale to tell me my weight is going up when I'm making choices that make me feel like shit and I can feel it. I don't need the scale to tell me that, but you know, how many times have we had a day where we feel amazing and then we get on the scale and our weight is up. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, when if without getting on the scale, I would have just felt amazing. So I think people need to be in the I think I'm almost thinking like with our weight loss group, your goal weight is a feeling. It shouldn't even be a number like Mm -hmm. there should be no number. Yes. Use the scale as a tool to see what's going on when your body's, you know, when your body's focused on losing weight and support that body when it's focused on that. But it's like it just why are we? It shouldn't be a, a number. Mm-hmm. I think that's well, what's fucking us up. Yeah, and you can see that in the members because the numbers always changing. They're mm-hmm. starting to get that, like they're changing their goal, or they don't know what their goal is. Like I don't know what my goal weight is. I just want to feel good, and you know, kind of embracing that feeling and mm-hmm. into maintenance. You know, you you remember that feeling you had at the end of the program? It wasn't because you saw a number on the scale. It was because you were taking care of yourself. You yes. had energy. You were sleeping well. You weren't smiling. You, yeah, maybe you reaching your goal was a bonus, but you know, the, that good feeling came from all the energy you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we kind of got off topic, Odette. Well, you wanted to talk about body image and the effect of people's reactions. Yeah, so this actually came from Joanne, we were talking about it and, um, where'd you want to go? I know. Hi, I Joanne, think she, where are you? <laughs> she might be hanging in the background. I'm not sure. So hopefully they're trying to work to get her back on, but she brought this up actually. Um, here she is. Oh, there she yeah, is. Joanne's back. Okay, great. Good timing. Yeah. So Joanne, I was just bringing up how, when you and I were talking, um, you know, we, we discussed a lot about um, how we deal with people's reactions or non-reactions mm-hmm. to our weight loss and how we, how it gives us a bit of recognition when they are positive. You know, it does, it does help us stay, you know, motivated for lack of a better word, help us stay or on board. Yeah. Or believe but then what we're doing. What happens now we're in maintenance and we, our bodies have changed. We have to settle into who we are. We have to accept who we are and those reactions stop. So we're not positive hearing reinforcement. Yeah, we're not hearing people say, you look great. What are you doing? Because that's just who you are now. Yeah. You know? And how to, how that can affect your body image and affect, you know, where you are in your journey and your mate in maintenance. And I thought Joanne had a had really great insight into this. Well, I mean, it did happen when I was about um, a month and a half into the program. And I mean, I thought I was doing really well, but nobody was saying anything, not even my husband. And uh, it was our 40th anniversary, and uh, I was down 17 pounds by that point. And my daughter-in-law, Emily, said, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, she said, you've lost a lot of weight. You look really good. And I looked at her, and I said, you were the first person (laughs) to say that. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my husband. I said, how come you didn't say anything? And (laughs) he just started laughing. He said, I was afraid to. I didn't know how you would take it. But uh, mm-hmm. so that was really the the enforcement, like you said, the positive reinforcement and, and um, that other people were noticing. Um, 
Yeah. And, and I think I try to do that for other people. Like, you know, even on the Facebook group, when, when you see people posting, um, they've lost whatever, five pounds, 10 pounds, doesn't really matter. And, and I think I always thought I don't have the support of just my family. I have the support of 25,000 other people in the Facebook group who are, you know, there for everybody. Um, myself, I had uh, a young lady who was the reason why I started the program in Thunder Bay. And, um, you know, I said, Karen will tell me about this. And she said, look, I don't know how it works. It just does. And uh, so her and, and another friend, Susan, I would private message them and say, you know, I'd ask for their help or their advice or, or whatever, and just get a little bit of positive reinforcement back from them. And so I've tried to do that for other people, two friends of mine and, and relatives who are into the program. Uh, and I think that is the key difference in the Gina program is just the positive uh -huh. reinforcement in this group. And did you notice that it, that it, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, isn't that what we're trying to create in this maintenance group, Odette, right? Like we, we recognize that you're going from this big group yeah. and you're focused on weight loss and, you know, people are like, good for you and yay. And then you get here and it's like, we're not like, it's not like we're like, yay, I maintained my weight today, everybody. Woo! Right. You know, you're not really getting that positive reinforcement. I think this is something for us, a good takeaway for us today when we walk mm -hmm. away from this is to be like, how can we, how can we be better cheerleaders for each other or ourselves in mm -hmm. this community of maintenance when we're not pursuing a goal per se anymore? Like there's no tangible, I lost five pounds, I've whatever, you know, may, yeah, maybe, okay, maybe I've maintained for one month, one year, you know, that sort of thing. But there, there are no sort of, we're not really putting an emphasis even on non-scale victories because we're no longer looking to lose anymore. We're not, you know, and, and maybe that's sort of what, you know, it's kind of missing. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily even like I get the guided process and program, we're trying to infuse that and we're working on that, something a little bit more structured for maintenance. But in terms of like that, I don't know, that positive reinforcement that I think is really important. It, it is really important. and you know, like we said up the top, this can be the place where you're not getting it as much, you know, so is the maintenance group the place where you come for that? And are, are we all here now together to do that for each other? But then are we also like Dr. Beverly said something really interesting. And she said, when we have a healthy idea of ourselves, we're not going to need those positive reinforcements as much. So yeah. is this also the place where we can come together to help build those healthy ideas of ourselves, yeah. help each other work through those associations, you know, so that, you know, that reinforcement's going to come internally, but it's going to come from still this community that's going to help us build that within ourselves. Because this is group. It's like, yes, it's for people who are focusing on maintaining their weight, but the focus really shouldn't be maintenance. The focus should be on you believing you're being able to maintain you acquiring the skills and working on yourself. And do you know what I mean? Like the focus, like, mm -hmm. like maintenance is so insignificant it's not whether you're to maintain or not. It's what you're accomplishing while you are maintaining that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what you're learning like and what you're taking away and how you're boosting that belief system in yourself. Yeah. Oof. All right. So, um, if we can just schedule a meeting for maintenance so we can just overhaul our whole <laughs> 
just yeah. bottle that. <laughs> I think I think we're doing a great job, and I think um, what we're doing is we're facilitating these types of conversations, and we're learning. Never have there has there ever been this type of conversation geared to around maintenance and people maintaining their weight. It doesn't exist anywhere, and so mm-hmm. um, I think we're doing a great job. But I think that that's it. It's like we're focusing on maintenance, but that's not really what it's about. It's Mm-hmm. It's about working on the things you need to work on so that you you can get you don't need your fucking scale anymore. Yeah. And so that your weight is just second. It's just, you know, second on your list of priority, not on your list of priorities, but it's not at the top of your mind all the time. You know, I know not, yeah. one way that I know that what everyone is doing here and one area I think that can work for that little motivation is I noticed a big difference. Um, I stole Odette's poll on Halloween. She had a poll here in the maintenance group and I posted the same one purposely in the weight loss group. And to me, it was super interesting to see where people were in the comments Mm -hmm. and just that whole vibe and the calmness of the members in this group, just around the Halloween candy, like maybe I'll have some, maybe I won't like, my strategy is this, like that whole, you can feel it, but it's, you know, you, that those are the people that commented. You don't know that necessarily everyone is feeling it. And what we want to do is get the people that aren't feeling that to get to that place. And I think more people interacting with little comments like that, like, I feel so good around here. You see people coming back with, okay, well, how did you get to that point? What is your strategy? How long did it take you? And, you know, taking that information and using it to kind of build it a little bit. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think for myself, I still use the scale every day. Um, at this point in my life, I've done this a lot of times, but never with with this program where I feel I, I actually have the tools, but I'm still stuck in that, you know, using the scales. That is my tool. I don't record what I eat every day, but I do check the scales just to keep myself in check. Um, I've fallen off the wagon so many times over the years that I think that that still is my tool, well, one of my tools, a small tool uh, towards my maintenance and and staying this way, because it's just a reminder that you are doing well, you know, I I am eating properly, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And and it's just my little tool that I, I still do use. So yeah, you know, I could I can appreciate that, right? That this is the mm-hmm. tool. But this is where I would suggest to you while you're focusing on maintenance is really dig into how you feel. Like you should already know what that number is going to be before you get on the scale. That's how yeah. well you should know yourself and know your body is be like, oh, my weight's probably, I can do that. My weight's probably 137 today. My weight's probably 132 today. Oh, my weight's probably at this. Like, I think that's where it's great to use that as a tool but it's really to understand what, what maintenance now looks like and feels like to you. And you do want to get to a place because the reality is like, I've been maintaining my weight for 30 years, different seasons of my life. I'm, you know, 119 other seasons of my life. I am 130 other times I'm 132. Like that is normal. You're not just going to be at one number for your life. And, and if I, if I weighed myself throughout the week, you'd get a whole range of different numbers mm-hmm. based on whether I've had sleep, whether I've worked out, whether I've had chips, whether I didn't drink enough water, whether I've been eating really well, like that, that's really normal. And I wish there was a way that we could just 
you know, help people understand that it's, it, that is normal. What's, what's mm-hmm. not normal is staying at one number and then weighing yourself every day and expecting that one number to stay the same, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to live a life of numbers. You want to live a life of just living your life and feeling and just knowing how you feel, you know, when you're making choices that make you don't, that are making you feel off, you know, how you feel, you don't have to get on the scale and tell you that. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I appreciate that as using a tool. I think it's very effective to help you understand what maintenance is going to look like and feel. And we put yeah. people put so much, like a lot of our conversation is spent on the scale going up and down and fluctuating is just so normal when mm-hmm. I think it's lost opportunity to work on a lot of other things that we maybe need to work through. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something that we're going to work on. Maybe we're going to, Maybe that's going to be a challenge. Have mm-hmm. everyone put their scale away for, yeah, for, a week for sure, or two and, and see how it goes. Yeah, like yeah, collectively, oh, let's let's do a three day no day. Uh, 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 you know, four maybe we'll start baby steps. A three day no baby scale step. challenge. <laughs> yeah, what did you learn from? That's a great idea. And, you know, collectively all like giving our input, let's try not using the scale for three days. How did you make out? How did you feel? And then, you know what I mean? Create that kind of like understanding of of what other people are going through. This either one more comment here. I love the way that I feel and happy with the way I look. I need to grab onto that. Yes. Yes. Uh, So I think I just have to let go of that number and that lowest low and just keep in tune with myself and just be aware of what I'm doing and not obsess about it. Unfortunately, that I have been brainwashed by old diet mentality. I need a mental <laughs> cleansing. Yeah, <laughs> really. We have, yeah, I mean, that's what we're doing, right? Where we are unlearning, we're learning, we're relearning um, how our brains are wired and associated to things like a piece of metal on the ground that has so much control over us. Yeah. Great conversation. I know we yeah. we didn't get to one of our topics, so that it's okay. It actually is. We can talk about it next week because um, the tips and that I want to talk about line up perfectly for next week too. So we're talking about how to use feeding the metabolism, not as a tweak, but as a tool, if we do find ourselves running on autopilot. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, It's such a great tweak for mindfulness and being in tune and self-aware and prioritizing yourself and resetting and all of those things. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Okay. um, The word autopilot came up a few times. I thought, okay, well maybe it's time to break up that, break it up. So we'll talk about it in the group and then we'll expand on it next week for sure. Yeah. You don't want to be living a life on autopilot, let alone the food choices that you're making each day. That's for sure. All right. Awesome. Great chat. Um, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Quite a few comments. Thanks everyone for joining us live. Uh, Thanks to everyone listening over on our podcast, Weigh In with Gina. Uh, Thanks Odette. Uh, Thanks Kim. And of course, thanks Joanne for being our special guest today. Thanks everyone for joining us. Have an amazing day. Thanks. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.